My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. My next guest, Brian Bergford, is helping people strive for more in the area of motivation and refocusing. Brian is the founder of Bergford Performance Systems, which offers compelling speaking services and unique coaching applications designed to strategically elicit breakthroughs and peak performance. Brian is an athlete who understands putting in grit and practice to reach a desired goal. Brian's mission is to help his clients do the impossible and experience monumental breakthroughs by liberating the hero within. In this episode, Brian will discuss how to reach optimal performance in life, whether you're an athlete or anyone trying to get to the top of their game. Hi, Brian. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing Fantastic and even better now. I'm really, really, really excited to be on with you, Ronika. I appreciate this, this opportunity. The honor is also mine. Uh, as I was doing the research for your episode and I was like looking at your website and I was like, man, this guy is really, really awesome and I couldn't wait to have a conversation with you. So that brings me to my first question for you. As I said, I was researching you, and you, you really struck me as a really awesome person that's definitely striving for more, even yourself, in, in addition to helping others strive for more. And you have a firsthand experience with tackling a fear head-on, which most people, you know, they, they live with their fears and they never address them, but you have. Can you kind of share a little bit about this fear that you have tackled head-on? Yeah, I, for as long as I could remember, was, had a, not just like a fear, but like a phobia, like a phobic response whenever my head would be submerged in water. And so I'd get this sort of panic, <laughs> like massive, just, it was, I, I don't know, trying to characterize it as more than fear, because I had fear of like heights, right? And my solution to that was like, I know I'll take up rock climbing, uh, and was able to get past that. But the water thing was at a whole different level. And so for many years, though, I really didn't tackle it head on. But I got to a point where I realized I was like, this is stupid. And part of it was I was inspired by seeing Michael Phelps. I think it was in the Beijing Olympics and, you know, the feat that he pulled off there and, of course, subsequent Olympics. But it was just really inspiring to me, kind of planted a seed. And then kind of in my own life, 
I, I came up against it at one point and I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous, right? Like, I, like I'm somebody that understands how to work through fear, right? Like I have a background in psychology, you know, this is stuff that I help other people with. And for me to have something that in my life, like that in my life, I just felt was absolutely crazy. So I decided, screw it. I've had a belly full of it. I'm going to tackle this. Uh, I got a coach to work with me, teach me all the different swim strokes, uh, and eventually joined a master's program, started swimming with them, began competing, and just kept going. Of course, through that process, it was a little bit challenging because where other people didn't I was still kind of struggling because every once in a while I would lapse back into that sort of like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I can't breathe. I'm starting to freak out. And really mastering that real time and being able to work through and process that stress is something that it was a process for sure, but it was one I'm really glad I went through and that I just said, screw it. I'm not putting up with having this fear stop me in my life anymore. Man, that's awesome. That's amazing. So, of course, whenever we accomplish a goal or we face a fear or when we face adversity and we overcome it, you know, you have a – it's just such a resounding feeling, just something that within you that makes you feel really great or it also helps you to learn something about yourself. So what did you think of yourself? after knowing you were able to accomplish facing a fear that was really debilitating for you, like you said, like it was past just a fear, like it was phobia, like it was serious, like anxiety attacks, right? So, like, how did you feel knowing that you were like, you know what, screw it. Like, this, like you said, this is ridiculous. I'm going to face this head on. I'm going to square up. And you decided to just demolish it by competing nationally. Yeah, I, you know, interestingly enough, I didn't really feel any different. And here's what I mean by that. I knew before I even took it on that I was a champion. I'm like, I'm a lion. I'm an overcomer. I'm a victorious person. And I knew that about myself and my core and my identity. So really what it was is seeing something in my life that was incompatible with that, where I wasn't being authentic to it. And so when I overcame it, of course, you know, that was something that feels good, but I really didn't feel any different about myself because it was the way that I felt about myself that led me to actually go through that process of change. And one thing that really inspired me through all that and my deeper motive for it was the thought that if I can take something that used to completely send me into a panic response and end up actually qualifying and competing at a national level, if I can inspire like one other person with that to overcome something in their life to where it makes their life better and the people around them, that would be a huge victory for me. So that was a huge driving force is to have that um, continuity with my character as well as being able to lay that out in front of other people and inspire them because I just always appreciated the people and especially the athletes, uh, and, and I work with a lot of athletes too, that I've seen over the years that inspired me and like lit that spark and made me take things to another level. And I was like, I always wanted to do that and provide for other people and kind of pay it forward. And so that was always something that inspired me to keep going. Man, that's amazing. One of the things I admire about you is 
in addition to you helping people and helping athletes, you know, focus themselves and get motivated to compete, you really understand it just really on a personal level because, like you said, you're also competing as well in swimming. And so it's kind of like you're not just telling people, hey, this is how you get motivated, this is how you focus yourself. Like you're living it. You're actually doing it. So I admire you for that. So as you're preparing yourself to get that national title, and I know you will, (laughs) definitely. So what's your training regimen like as you're preparing to one day clinch a title? Well, so first off, I know that, you know, when I think about that, that goal and winning a national championship, it's kind of a moonshot, right? And I know that, but it's really compelling for me. And it was also a moonshot at one point to think about even qualifying to be at national. So I'm really, really excited uh, about that. And it's one of those kind of big goals that scares you a little bit, but you know what, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done, and I have pl- I have plenty of time in front of me, right? Like I figure I've got till I'm like 105 at least, uh, so <laughs> I'm not in a rush necessarily, but I'm just excited about the process and becoming more and striving for more uh, is really 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 important to me. So in terms of what it looks like, uh, just you know up early early early, you know swimming normally either from five to seven or six to eight in the morning generally, um, five days a week. And so, uh, and it's intense, right? Like it's an intense two hours of like go, go, go. And two of those days is after I'm done swimming, I go and I hit the gym and do some dry land strength training. And the other two days of the week, I just kind of go on like a nice easy run. I might do like five, six miles uh, just to give myself a mental and a physical break from the from the swimming and to get a little bit of cross training in there. So that's, uh, that's what that looks like, but it takes a lot of passion and a lot of planning because of course I am a business owner. Um, I own multiple businesses. And so to actually pull something like that off and to be productive and get everything done that I need to, I've got to really, really pay a lot of attention to things like my nutrition and making sure my meals are planned out and my gear is ready. And I've learned to be very, very efficient and to steal time here and there where maybe before I would have been doing unproductive things. And now it's all going toward right, making sure that I'm ready and I'm equipped so that I can get up the next morning and like hit the ground running and I don't have to think too much. I can grab my gear eat a little bit of food in the morning and just go to the gym and, and give it the best I've got. And one of the things that a decision I made recently that really helped was every day I'm at the pool, I'm going to do something that makes me faster. And I, to me, to me what that means is not only am I going to show up earlier than everybody else and leave after everybody else is done, but I'm really going to focus on pushing myself and my body and my mind to do something that day that absolutely unquestionably is going to make me a better swimmer, a faster swimmer, and not to like just cop out and finish the workout. It's that whole thing of like, don't just be counting yards, making sure that the yards actually count. So that's a little bit about what my uh, routine looks like on the athletic side. Man, that that does sound intense, but I like, like you said, 
creating your own processes that make you more efficient and being really intentional about your time. And I love the fact you said you found ways to even steal time. Like, man, when I find ways to steal time, <laughs> because we all have the same 24 hours a day, but, man, it, it does really matter how you manage that 24 hours for sure. <laughs> and, and if I can just, when you said that, it reminded me, too, of everybody that – for every excuse out there, there's somebody in a really similar situation that made it happen anyway. So, like, I just really don't, and this is just like me, and this, this is probably not going to come across as particularly nice. I just don't have a lot of tolerance for, like, excuses, right? And I've certainly made them in my own life, but when I recognize it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there I go. I'm making excuses instead of coming up with reasons to move forward and do something. I get real sick of it real quick, and I can just look at somebody like, what, I don't have enough time? Well, look, there's a lady over there, and she's got, like, she's a CEO of a company, and she's got five kids, and she just finished an Ironman. So what's my excuse, right? So um, I just want to encourage people that, you know, sometimes if we get in a place where we're feeling like, I don't know, I just don't think I can do anymore. One of the biggest ways to get past that is to, to have the courage to get around people that actually are doing more and that inspire you and that can lift you up and have that energy to bring you along and kind of create that vacuum for you to come into. And I think that's such a tremendous key for people. It's like find the folks that inspire you. And if you're feeling down, right, that's pretty much your one solid relationship away from reigniting that fire inside. Man, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so you founded Bergford Performance Systems. So how did you come about this, this company? How, how did you go into, you know, deciding to found this company to help people? So I'm going to try and give the really sh- I'll try and give the short, really short version. <laughs> so um, I think a lot of it, honestly, like just was kind of the genesis of it in, in my childhood and, you know, having like a lot of really painful stuff, especially on the, emo- on the emotional side, wanting to understand psychology and like what made people tick and like why do people do the things they do, right? Like how does my brain function? How can I optimize that? So that was always kind of a lingering fascination graduated with a psych degree, um, built a couple businesses actually in another space in dog training and rehabilitation, daycare boarding space, um, got management in place with those. But all along, uh, I was really always about coaching people. And I also knew that I loved working with athletes because I got my certification as a personal trainer a little bit before I graduated high school. And so when I went into the workforce with that, I was simultaneously working with the general public at a gym and with the, I was interning with the strength and conditioning staff over at the university working with the football team. And I found out really, really quickly that the general public drove me nuts because most of them were making excuses constantly and like, I want to do this and I want to accomplish this, but I don't want to be, you know, when it came down to it, it's like they didn't want to change. They wanted more, but they weren't actually willing to strive for more. And I think that's an important distinction for you know all of us to really recognize whereas with the athletes excuse me they came with batteries included they were there to play they were there to play they were there to rock and roll and so with that it was all about helping them kind of like take things up to the next level and so kind of all those things coalesced into this purpose-built 
company, Bergford Performance Systems, where I really do executive coaching and peak performance coaching for athletic professionals. And I love doing that and helping people that are already achievers and people that have had a tremendous amount of success really already absolutely just like squeeze out every last drop, not only of performance in themselves, but fulfillment in their lives. And that's a big part of what I end up doing because sometimes it gets so out of balance where people are just accomplishing so much, but they don't love their lives. And to me, that's just like totally unacceptable and completely unnecessary and helping people get things aligned in terms of their psychology and, uh, their, their spirit and everything else and having everything working in conjunction, man, alignment is such a, such a powerful thing, you know, just like a hose with a kink in it. I don't care how much water you try and push through it. Like not much is going to happen until you get that taken care of. And then, oh my gosh, the, then the floodgates can open and you get all kinds of power coming behind it. No, oh, man, that, that makes so much sense. And I love how you said it's interesting that athletes, they kind of show up ready, right? It's like turnkey almost. Uh, I know you've made the comparison that training as an athlete is pretty similar to pursuing a career. Um, What did you mean by that? Yeah, I I just think in terms of what needs – if you – well, a couple things. (laughs) All of the general characteristics of great business people and athletes, they line up really nicely with each other. That's why you have a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, high-level professionals that are current and or former athletes. So all the things we think about, grit, determination, perseverance, et cetera, et cetera. And those things sound like kind of like just catchphrases and what does that really mean? And of course there, you know, you can go into like a three day seminar about any of those topics. But one of the things that comes up for me is that really realizing if in business, in your career, in your mission, whatever, or in athletics, if you rely on talent alone, other people are going to pass you for sure right? Like you might be ahead in the beginning and you think like, yep, I'm really great and everything like that. But one thing I can tell you and one thing that I'm very grateful for, honestly, I would say that in in business and athletics, comparatively speaking, I would not put myself in like the top rungs of talent. (laughs) And one of the it's one of the reasons I'm really grateful, frankly, because I had to figure out, like, I've got to figure out how to work smarter and how to outwork other people. Because the one thing I know for sure is, like, I can show up. I can show up longer, and I can show up in a more powerful way. Because that's, that's something when we talk about intentionality. If you have it and you actually just bring all of yourself to the venue – you are going to eventually, you're going to catch people that are far more talented naturally than you are. Now, that being said, if you have tremendous talent and you line up the work ethic behind it, it's game over, right? Those are the people that are truly, truly world-class that we look up to and are just larger than life. And like, how did you do that? (laughs) Um, But I got to tell you, you know, it's, this idea that, you know, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. Well, you don't, right? You have what you have, so make something out of it. And 
there's people that would kill to have what you have, right? So, like, take the hand you're dealt and go out and kick butt and take names and defy the odds and do something bigger than what you're supposed to do. Because again, that can bring a whole crew of people along behind you that see your example. And one of the toughest pieces about that is folks don't always tell you. And you may not know that people are watching, but rest assured, people for sure are watching what you do for better or for worse. And if you set the right example, there will be lives you touch and generations change and you will never specifically know about it. But go out and do it anyway, because why the heck not? Man, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So in order for a person to become focused or driven, what factors need to be present? Well, you've got to have passion and or pain. <laughs> um, and I think that you can arrive at passion either by just having something that in, inspires you. Um, you know, again, like we've talked about a little bit, you, you see something, you kind of fall in love with uh, a craft or a uh, profession or a mission, and you start going down that path and you just love what's going on and what you're seeing and the change that's happening, the transformation, uh, how it's making people's lives better. Or you can get there through pain. And I think a lot of people uh, you know, all of us, right? Nobody's like, yeah, give me the pain. I mean, there's some sadistic people that are like that. But for most of us, if we're honest, we're not just like, out there begging for tons of pain. However, it's one of the most powerful things to instill drive within us. You know, because somebody asked me the other day, um, where did your drive come from? And I was like, the pain of my childhood. And I wouldn't change it for anything because I wouldn't be the person who I am today, even though I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy in terms of having to actually, you know, endure some of that. And I'm like setting myself up to be like, oh my gosh, I had it the worst. Like there's plenty of people listening right now, I'm sure, that could tell me stories that would make me feel embarrassed for even thinking what I just said. However, I am appreciative of the adversity that I went through there because it lit something on the inside of me that I don't think anything else could have summoned it at that level. And like it has never, ever, ever gone away. It's gotten channeled into different things over the years, but that drive has always been there. So, you know, you can become passionate about something or you can experience a tremendous amount of pain that drives you to have that passion. So I think either way works. No, that makes so much sense to have that passion or that pain because even myself as an entrepreneur uh, with my business or even in my career, you know, there are days that I really feel down in the valley and I'm like, okay, you know, am I really asking the right questions? Do I have the right guests? Um, or, you know, am I doing enough to to send the, the message out or market, you know, each of my episodes or the podcast. And, you know, some days, you know, no one listens <laughs> and it's crazy. And then other days uh, I'll get almost 200 downloads in one day. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the inconsistency drives me crazy <laughs> at times uh, because I'm a pretty <laughs> person. Uh, but it just lets me know that you know, there are things in life that you really can't, con you get, really can't control and you just kind of have to let that go. So in, in thinking of that, that leads me to pretty much my last question, and I can't believe the time is, is almost up. But I have to ask you this. 
Um, well, actually, I have two more questions, and I, but this one is related to this, this interview for sure. So, of course, as, as an athlete, you're, you're an athlete. I'm, I'm an athlete. I used to run track, and, and I swam a little bit. Um, competed, you know, when I was like 10, I think, for the neighborhood swim team. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but mostly I was a runner. I ran track. Of course, as an athlete, you do endurance training and, and you know, make sure you have stamina. So what, what can a person do who's in their career or, their, or as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, to make sure that they keep their endurance up as you're going through these peaks and valleys and make sure you have the stamina that is needed? That's a phenomenal question. Uh, two things come to mind, and hopefully I'll be able to keep them in my mind um, as, I, as I go to the first point here, which is they're trying to keep up endurance and stamina. Part of it is you just need to know what nourishes your, your mind, your heart, and your spirit, and you've got to be on top of that stuff. Like I don't care how much of a grinder you are at some point, you're going to hit a wall and you're going to burn out if those things aren't being attended to. And so you're living on borrowed time if you are not paying attention to those things, and it, it will definitely catch up with you. So I think that's number one is you have to – well, Sorry. Well, you do have to. Either in the short term, you're going to choose to carve out time to fulfill yourself in those areas, or eventually something's going to happen, your health is going to take a nosedive, and it's like very difficult to do a whole lot um, and have endurance, for instance, when you're like having catastrophic heart failure because you've neglected your body and your nutrition for a long time, right? Um, or, you know, in your relationships, your intimate relationship, in your, again, your spiritual life, whatever it is that, that feeds people, I think that's number one for endurance. And the second piece for really having that great endurance is recognizing and having a mindset for we all like to see things happen, especially achievers, right? We put something out in the world and we see something come back and we're like, yes, yes, I did it. Like I got some feedback. This is fantastic. And it feels really good, right? So like there's no question about that. But I would suggest that if people can primarily be driven by, listen, what, you know, it goes back to that whole like John Maxwell is, don't judge success by the harvest that you reap, but by the seeds that you sow. And if you're a process-oriented person and you're giving yourself credit for the good work that you're truly doing and putting out into the world and not becoming obsessed with outcome and results, you're going to do fine. And that's something, you know, as, as you know, entrepreneurs and business owners have to have the ability to not need constant instant feedback. A lot of times we're putting stuff out there for a long time and we get a lot less feedback than we would like, but it takes some faith to walk through that and to focus on a process. Man, phenomenal. Man, that's why I said. I admire you so much, Brian. You, you're such an amazing person. I'm really glad that our paths have crossed. All right, so now I have one last question. And so my question to you is, who are two people, dead or alive, that you would invite as special dinner guests? Nice. Okay. Um, I would, for sure, like, Jesus, like, how could you not be like, hey, <laughs> come on over. Right. That would be absolutely <laughs> fascinating um, <laughs> in so many ways. And, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, but I think that would be super fun. And also the probably The Rock, maybe probably not at the same time, or maybe I would, maybe like 
maybe like Jesus and the Rock and me, we could hang out and, um, That'd be you know, <laughs> live it up. And yeah, it would be a heck of a dinner party. And uh, I know the Rock would want to probably have have us all taste his tequila shots. And I'm I'm more of a wine guy, so I I think I'd be on I think I'd be on Jesus's good side with that one. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brian. I can't believe the time is up. I'm just, this, is, this has been a really great conversation. Um, I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and, and just your experiences on how do you stay motivated yourself and helping people to stay focused and have that endurance and have that stamina in life because you never know what's going to be hurled at you. You just really don't. Um, and the more prepared you are, the more successful you can be. So can you do me a favor and – can you share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you or seek your services? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I would hop on the Bergford Performance website. It's just bergfordperformance.com. And make sure you opt in to my email list because that's really where I keep in communication with people. That's sort of that lifeline and letting people know what's going on and sending out performance tips. So if they're on my email list, like they're going to get whatever, you know, information that I have available real time. And if I could, I wanted to share a quote real quick. I, for whatever reason, this popped up. I'm quoting myself, and that's kind of embarrassing. But um, this is just something that came to me, and I think this was like yesterday, and I was like, oh, I'm going to share that. And it's, if you're not being true to yourself, you can't be authentic with others. I know that doesn't necessarily fit within exactly what we talked about in this interview, but um, perhaps that's going to strike a chord for somebody out there. I hope it does. No, that, that makes so much sense. I'm glad you said something like that because that is true. Uh, it's difficult to be authentic because I think being authentic sometimes can, it, it's a, it makes you, you have to be vulnerable. <laughs> you have to be willing to be vulnerable and be your true self. And your true self may not be extra fabulous. <laughs> you know, it's raw. <laughs> it's raw. It's uncut. Uh, and, you know, it could be, it could be, you know, nerve wracking sometimes to really show the true you, but, but it, it's valuable, though, to be authentic, for sure, because, you know, who you're lying to, you know, there's no, we know that there is no benefit to lying or faking. Um, so that's awesome. Well, any last words of encouragement to the listeners as they strive for more? I just uh, <clears throat> go out and do it, you know. Like, I, I, I don't know. You know, the people that are listening to this that are that are going to make a move and going to choose to win, they're going to choose to win. And the people that are going to sit behind and let it, let a you know another month, another year go by, that's what they're going to do. And I'm all for letting people do what they're going to do. But um, I think that when you're in the right position and you hear something that sits with you, um, go out and grasp it. Do not delay. I remember when my original coach that I just that taught me how to swim when I was 30 years old when he told me to, that I was ready for master's team I went out the next day and joined a team before I could talk myself out of it because I did not want to give myself that room to mess everything up so uh, if you're ready to do something go take advantage of it before anybody else or you talk yourself out of it yes just go out and do it and just before you guys, you can definitely talk yourself out of stuff. Well, Brian, I wish you nothing but the best in your life and career. I wish you good luck on clinching that title. I'll be rooting for you. So stay in touch for sure. Next time you have an opportunity to compete, 
please continue to strive for more and live your best life now. Bye-bye. Thanks, Renita. In order to achieve your goals, you must be committed by having the passion to push forward and the tolerance for the pain and or roadblocks that show up along the way. Be sure to celebrate your successes and milestones and learn from the mistakes and missteps. It is possible to reach peak performance in whatever you desire. Stay the course and don't give up. Strive for More is a socially conscious brand and we want to amplify black entrepreneurs. Expose your brand or your business to a new audience by sponsoring an episode. Send us an email at striveformore at email.com. That's strive, the number four, more at email.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode.